You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. The road to Dragon Con begins here. This is the first episode, the first monthly special of Earth Station One podcast, counting down to the 2016 show. And it's going to be a doozy because this year it's Dragon Con's 30th anniversary. Dragon Con turns 30. Um, and uh, I, I just, it's going to be an amazing time. It's supposed to be one of the biggest Dragon Cons ever. Of course, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And like we always say, it's never too soon to start preparing for the big event. So. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, it, starting, of course, with Director Faber. Mike Faber! Hey, everybody. How are you doing? How's it going, sir? I am still hungover from Darren's apple pie from last year. <laughs> when, we last left, when we last left the ESO crew, uh, <laughs> they were still feeling the effects. Oh, my God. I st- apple pie. I'm still You're seeing vapor welcome. trails. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm doing great, and I can't believe we're starting this thing up already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know, the road for us uh, begins here, but of course, a lot of people, it's already begun. Some people, right after, like about a week or so after DragonCon 2015, were like, "Okay, now I need to prepare for next year." They've uh, it, it's an amazing thing, and uh, and we'll talk more about that and more about preparing, of course. So uh, we also have with us once again Darren Noel. Hi everybody, how are you? How are you, sir? You sound like you've still got concred. No, I am concred kid. Yes, <laughs> I, I I I walked out of there September. What was it? Sixth, seventh, whatever it was, and I've been sick ever since. It's true. No, <laughs> I, I've got a head cold, and you know, blah. It's. It's the time of the season when everybody gets a little sicky. So, you know, it was my turn. Absolutely. I can't complain too much. So pardon me if I sound like I'm talking about the end of a pickle barrel. So, Well, it's still glad to have you here. So I'm, you I'm so glad much. to be had. So. Joining us for another season. This is, wow, I, I, I haven't even thought about it before. Is this our fifth year doing this? It, it's It's been a hot minute, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, we also have with us Nikki Rao Baker is joining us again. Hey guys, how are you? How are you? Are are you still? Are you all recovered from DragonCon 2015? Um, I am physically, financially, not so much. I dropped a lot of money in the dealer's room. <laughs> Lots of money. What'd you buy? I want to know. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, what'd you what'd you do? Buy a dealer? What did you do? <laughs> I did. No, um, no, there were some uh, really nice collectibles that I wanted to get. Uh, that I went ahead and said, ah, you know, I've been looking at it for a while, so I'll go ahead and 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 get it. Um, and a couple pieces of jewelry, and of course, you know, getting gifts for family and friends. I always like to get 
t-shirts for my nieces and nephews. They always make good Christmas gifts because uh, they don't attend conventions. So I, I do some Christmas shopping while I'm there, believe it or not. Well, I believe it. Awesome. I do. I do as well. So, yeah. Okay. And we also it's, inter- have- it's interesting, though, because, you know, it almost sounded like how bad I was doing with pop figures at the <laughs> dealer's <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking at my shelf that's uh, actually right in front of me above my computer, and yeah, it's it's getting out of hand. Oh. There's a Captain Jack coming soon. Yes, there Darkness. is. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, there the is. the fool who gets in my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen them, and they're actually look just like Barrowman. So, uh, does that mean they're mooning you? Exactly. God, yes. <laughs> In, Funko moon. Is, is there a mooning Jack Barrowman uh, variant? <laughs> Jack Barrowman? Jack Barrowman. <laughs> Jack Barrowman. Sorry, John. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Captain John, uh, Captain Jack. I might, I might make him a little set of like Hulk undies and put it on. <laughs> <Just for fun. laughs> and also, last but certainly not least, we have joining us once again, I believe this is uh, fourth or fifth season fourth. for her as well. Mary Lou Who. Hey guys, yeah, four sounds right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know. And it's uh, unbelievable that it's uh, the time has come already. Uh, have you recovered from Dragon Con 2015? <laughs> uh, you know, I guess, yeah. I guess that I would say yes. Have you? Um, I, I think so, although it's amazing to think of... It's one of those things where it feels like it was yesterday in some ways... And it feels like it was a year ago in some ways. So, yes, yes, I absolutely agree. It's it's that timey wimey thing. It's super weird. But, but that's uh, what I always feel about Dragon Con. I'm like, oh, we were just there, or like, oh my gosh, it's so close, and then the opposite five minutes later. Uh-huh. Now, of course, uh, mo- a lot of you uh, do do costumes for Dragon Con, so I have to ask what the status is on costumes for Dragon Con 2016. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> okay. I'm, like, just now formulating a list. Yeah, I, I'm not even... I have one I want to do, but it's so complicated. I'm in denial, so... Yeah. yeah. I'm in denial right now. It, it It's one of those things where, I mean, you ha- like, a lot of people I know, and, and mostly the ones who really take it, I probably very seriously, are the ones who start probably like the day or week after Dragon Con, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, I'm really excited to say that we've got someone new joining the crew to talk about costuming and and, and give us a little different angle on a Dragon Con that we haven't had before, and that is Tacoma Sanchez. Uh, Very pleased to welcome her, and we'll talk to her a little bit later. And we've also got Eternal Zan joining us once again, and she's going to cover uh, the parade because that is coming up. Uh, Registration for the parade is coming up, along with here's some other important dates of note. Uh, February 12th is the final day of the $100 membership rate. That's $100 for um, all four days, and it's quite a bargain because it's just going to keep going up and up and up. (laughs) So uh, I believe it's $110 after February 12th. And it'll be that way until May. Then it'll go to 120, 130, uh, and I think on the the final, if you if you try to get a membership at the door, I think it's about 150 dollars. Mm. That that's that's a lot of money. 
I, I can't, but it's, it, I mean, obviously it's worth it, but it's, if you don't have to pay it, don't, if you know you're going get register now, cause it'll be just a hundred dollars. Um, but February 15th is when the parade registration opens and, and that goes pretty quick as we'll find out later, uh, talking to Zan, um, you want to register as, as soon as you can, if you're interested in going, uh, being part of the parade. And then February 19th is when uh, the fan table applications go online. So if you're interested in, in running a fan table, uh, you want to get your uh, application in or get it ready uh, February 19th, you can already apply to be a guest or performer. So if you are interested in being a guest uh, in any capacity or vending at the show or performing at the show, uh, you want to get your application in as soon as you can. Uh, I do know that um, uh, it's weird because the site isn't quite updated yet. And this is weird for DragonCon because usually by this time, they've already got some headliners announced and they've already got a lot of, a huge guest list announced. But if you go to the website now, uh, what is it, Mike? There's one person. One person. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't even me. That's weird. <laughs> so... Uh, and it and it's and her name just happens to start with A, so I'm not even sure if she's just a placeholder. I think it's a, really. I, I really that. think it's a placeholder. Yeah. So, uh, but we happen to know uh, a few people who've already gotten their notification at, uh, about to be in a Dragon Con, so we will reveal those names in a little bit. But um, I also wanted to talk about another date, another event that's happening uh, coming up pretty soon, and that is February 5th. Uh, 2016 is Dragon Con night at Medieval Times, and this is the Medieval Times in um, I want to say is it Lawrenceville? Yeah. Okay, Lawrenceville, Georgia. It's it might, at the. It, um, it could either be Lawrenceville or it depends on who you talk to. It could also be Duluth. Right, that's what I was thinking. But it's up at the at the um, Sugarloaf Mall. Yeah, it's not Discover Mills anymore. No, it's not. It's Sugarloaf Mills. Now. Yes. Um, but uh, the show has sold out every year. Uh, I think this is its their third year doing this. Yep. Okay. We went. And, Judy uh, and I went last year. It was a lot of fun. And a lot of people who wait to the last minute um, are are bummed because it, it, they're turned away because it it sells out. So if you're interested, please uh, don't wait to get tickets. All seats are twenty nine dollars. Again, it's February fifth, and uh, the show starts at eight. Doors open at six p.m. Now. Um, Mike and Nikki, you guys have been to one of these events, correct? Yeah, we saw Nikki last year at the event. Yeah, uh, it's always a lot of fun, and the uh, the knights that compete during during the dinner show said that they really enjoy having the Dragon Con group there because we give them so much energy. Uh, I think that's just a nice way of saying that we're completely out of control when we're there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it is so much fun, and and I'm planning on going again this year. It's a lot uh, of fun because you also have the cosplayers come and you you have some great costumes, stuff you don't even see at Dragon Con. And, and yeah, it's a way that they can show off uh, the costumes early. There is a pre-show costume contest with a $1,000 grand prize Woo! for the adult for the adult category winner. Um plus a deluxe gift basket for the child category winner. So uh, folks of all ages should come in costume. The contest uh, for the costume contest begins at 6.15 and ends at 7.30. Please arrive early for costume contest registration. Uh, all 
costume contestants have to purchase a ticket uh, to uh, Dragon Con Night at Medieval Times to participate, and there's all sorts of rules uh, as well. So uh, go to the Dragon Con um, Facebook page or check out, um, I think, Medieval Times Facebook group as well. It has some information on it as well if you need more information about that. And we'll have a link uh, on our show notes if you need more information. But, uh, of course, as this airs, uh, as you guys are listening to it, it'll be probably less than a week away. So um, hopefully, get moving. Still... I was going to say, hopefully, does anybody plan to go to this this year? Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Okay, cool. There's a slim chance that William and I and Judy will go. When whenever whenever Nikki goes to events, I love it because she takes so many pictures. I feel like I go to exactly. <laughs> so I don't have to get my passport and get stamped and leave the perimeter. So yay. <laughs> Yeah, I make the sacrifice for the greater good of my my fellow ESO crew. Well, you know, it's a sellout, so not everybody can go. But thanks to you, everybody can enjoy it. Except, oh. except of course, the food. So, is the food there right. at people times pretty good? Uh, it's 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 okay. I mean, you know, it's not something that you're going to go. Wow, I really want to have some of blank again yeah you're going for the show darling not the food the show right. like, yeah i mean it's 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 decent food yeah you eat it with your hands basically which is kind of disgusting yeah <laughs> you can get utensils they will hassle you but you can get utensils um especially if you have a costume that is is uh a little restrictive and you can't stuff a turkey leg into your mouth because of your costume, they will give you utensils. <laughs> That's good. I imagine it must be a, a hoot for them because I don't know how many other uh, events support uh, costume and cosplay there, but uh, uh, it must be just uh, fun for them to look out in the crowd and see a bunch of, you know, different costumes themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's a lot of fun and the enthusiasm of everybody, you know, is just amazing. And then seeing everybody, you know, in sitting in the stands in costumes and everything. And it's it's definitely one of just just the start of events that Dragon Con is trying to help present and participate in throughout the year. So that yes, so the big event is Labor Day weekend, but Dragon Con will be uh, hosting or co-hosting, uh, presenting uh, a lot of events throughout the, the city of Atlanta. I don't think they go too far outside of that. Uh, but for um, officially, there's events that happen that they're partic- participating in, as well as um, charity events that they're going to have. Uh, now, they haven't announced yet the uh, charity, the official charity of 2016, uh, but the um, numbers that they gave for 2015, we might have mentioned this on the last Dragon Con episode that we did last year, uh, but I think it bears repeating that uh, they they raised uh, well over uh, $100,000 for Lymphoma Research Foundation last year. Wow. Um, and and that was that was pretty amazing. They also, I believe... Uh, raised um i think it says here $115,000 for the Atlanta Community Food Bank. So they're waiting on the blood bank totals. Um they still haven't released those yet. Uh but I have to believe those are bigger than they ever have been. 
based on the uh, campaign they had featuring uh, our good friend of the station, Anthony <laughs> Taylor, and uh, his help with uh, designing those uh, wonderful Dracula t-shirts, those Bela Lugosi t-shirts. Because I saw them all over the place at Dragon. But um, also, um, I think, yeah, we could talk about some of the guests that we know for sure are going to be at Dragon Con this year. Uh, like I said, the uh, the official site is bare. So um, uh, take this with, um, I guess, for what you will, because I don't know if it's official as it's on the actual website. But we do know, and I'm very proud of my co-host here, my fellow ESO co-host, that once again, Mike Faber is a guest at Dragon Con. Woohoo! Yes, I am. I'm going to be returning to Dragon Con as a guest, and they let me in again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's awesome, and I'm impressed and humbled and looking forward to once again coming to this year's show. We had a blast last year, and this year's even going to be more exciting. It's, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I am awaiting my status as well as many people are, but we happen to know that uh, three other yeah, friends of Earth Station One are also going to be in attendance as guests or attending professionals. Yes, sir. Uh, Mark Maddox is going to be going. The award-winning artist, Mark Maddox? Yes, sir. For the first time, Mark Maddox is going to be a guest at DragonCon. That's awesome. Yes, it is. It's really cool. I'm very happy for him. And also uh, White Rocket Man himself, Van Allen Plexico, is going to be a guest at Dragon Con. Always good to see Van at Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. And who else did we have? Uh, I do believe that Phantom Troublemaker. That's right. He's going to be coming as a professional. Yes. And, of course, he is already preparing for his the, the second uh, annual Dirty Dirty Con Con game, game show show. Exactly. And, you know. I like how Darren was laughing when I said professional. Professional <laughs> yeah, what? Exactly. <laughs> professional phantom. Hello. Professional troublemaker, sir. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Well, I'm so proud of them, and I'm so proud of uh, the fact that uh, you know uh, they're our friends, and that they deserve to be part of part of this great event. Yes, very much so. And as people get it, you know, announced and such, we will be talking about it each month. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, also, you know, it's not just about the guests. Uh, it's about the attendees as well. And uh, as we've said before, um, if you're thinking about going or you really want to make that decision, uh, I, it's never too soon to register. So, uh, again, the final day of the $100 membership rate is February 12th. Uh, I'm assuming that everybody else here on this podcast has already got their passes for this year. Crickets, um, crickets, crickets. Uh, I have my pass. Okay. I did you, did, did you already postcard. get a postcard? Did you get yeah. a postcard? Awesome. Oh, yeah, like a month ago. What color are the postcards this year? They are blue. Oh, nice. I think they're the same color as last year, actually. <laughs> yeah, last did, year was blue. Yeah. Did, um, uh, now did you, did you, when did you, when did you get yours? Did you get it like right after? Uh, I think I got it, uh, later on in September online. Gotcha. Cool. Very easy. Very cool. Um, and that's good to know that the postcards are already out because I know a lot of that causes a lot of stress for people. Always. They don't have their postcards. But um, there's going to be some changes 
2016. Dragon Con's going to turn 30, so there's, there's going to be a lot of big things in store, I'm sure. But there's also going to be some changes that uh, we've become aware of. And I think, Mike, the biggest... Well, right now, the biggest change that we know of is that uh, some things are moving. Yes. Um, this is kind of official now that we can f- announce that gaming is moving out from the basement of the Hilton. It's no longer going to be down there. They're moving gaming actually up to uh, building one of the America's Mart. So that's the building that the vendors were in two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's perfect for gaming. They have two floors. They have, you know, a lot more space. And it's still going to be 24-7, you know, twenty not 24-7, but open 24 <laughs> hours during the con. 24-4. Exactly. Yeah, 24-4. It's going to be open 24-4. So. Well, actually, it's probably going to be – I don't know. Is it? Does it er- open earlier than that? The, the Hilton was – there were people down there Thursday night playing Werewolf and such. I don't know what will happen this year clearly but if the room's open it's hard to keep geeks out of it so best of luck exactly so that's the big news with gaming i have heard that registration is going to be moving also oh that's big news that is big news it's no longer going to be at the sheraton and this is you know take this one with a grain of salt i've been told by people who've already attended the meetings and such that they, you know, that this is like they've already heard about it, but it's once we see it on the website, that's official. So don't quote me on this, but the rumor is going around that the uh, registration is moving from the, Sh- the Sheraton to the basement of the Hilton, where Dragon Con actually first started. Huh. So it's going to be there, and they're going to be sectioning off sections of the Sheraton to for to expand some of the tracks that had rooms that were totally packed and had standing room only. No, well, that makes sense. Yes. And boy, I'll tell you what, I mean, it's just amazing how uh, fast and easy the registration process is now. Um, compared to days, you know, past, years past, when you had to wait in a line for four hours or more. <laughs> So I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, it's in a place where they probably don't need as much room uh, now because it's go- it goes by a little, a little faster and easier for everybody. No, very much so. And so it's not as, you know, prevalent to have people wrapped around the Sheraton anymore. That's that's You don't really even see that anymore. You do have people camping out before registration opens, yes. But you don't, you know, need to really anymore. You can almost walk up. You know, if you have your postcard in hand, so it, it's a lot easier than it used to be. That's a that's a blessing in and of itself, because I can remember when it was a nightmare. Yes, and it was such a a long, lengthy process. So that's cool. Now, and of course, with those things moving, we already know that uh, other th- other you know track directors have spoken about needing more room, needing more space, applying for different areas. Uh, of the different hotels to get uh, to get an increase of of room uh, because you know the con is continues to grow and uh, space is at a premium. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll try to have the the most updated information on you to, to you on that stuff as it develops this year. 
as well as any other changes. But, uh, I, you know, I keep hearing from all the track directors that we know and, uh, and the, most of the people that we talk to behind the scenes that they do want to make this Dragon Con very special uh, since it is the 30th anniversary. Uh, Dragon Con started in 1987. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, I need to I need to find somebody who who was there. The, that we need to find somebody and talk to them that was there that first year. Um, I didn't start going till '94. Uh, so. I was there unofficially. Were you? Yeah, I was in the hotels partying. <laughs> I was unofficial. <laughs> I couldn't afford a badge. I was in high school, so you know, I just you know. Uh, friends of mine are like, hey, come on, it's a party. I'm like, okay, let's go. Woo. And what were badges then, like 20 bucks? Oh, maybe. If you, were, <laughs> if you blinked twice, maybe 20 bucks. I don't know. I just knew I was broke. <laughs> broke. So, Absolutely. But that was just, I mean, it was just at one hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was the same crowd you saw at all the area cons at the time, you know. So it wasn't. It was like a family reunion, real briefly. Mm-hmm. I was only there for a few hours that night. I, I can't speak to how the con was back then. So it was like for me, it was like being at Fantasy Fair or Dixie Trek again, just very briefly. So that was before it pretty much it, it stood oh, out yeah. among the crowd. Oh, totally. As, as being oh. the place to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I think when I went, you know, in 93 or 94, rather, um, it was something special. I had been to a few shows before then, but I'd never seen anything like Dragon Con. Uh, For one thing, it was not as specialized. It was uh, a a sort of a group of a lot of different conventions merged into one. Oh, yeah. And uh, I had had never seen that before, and I really appreciated that. You could enjoy, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek... Um, gaming, comics, uh, music, a lot of different things at, in one place. Well, I think, um, you know, back then there was kind of a, I don't want to say con war, but that's kind of what it felt like being an attendee was there There were all these other cons going on, and one by one they all disappeared and were basically, it felt like absorbed into Dragon Con. So we used to have Fantasy Fair, it went away. We used to have Dixie Trek, it went away. And I don't know the order of all that stuff, but eventually Dragon Con became the show in town. And for a long time, it was the only con around that was that was sizable, you know. Um, you'd have to go to Florida or, or um, North Carolina to get a con even close to what Dragon Con size was back then. Now, I'd never heard of Dragon Con until I moved here. But, of course, it, it got a reputation uh, very early on that it was a big show to go to. I mean, it kept increasing every year after year after year with more and more people coming from out of state to, to go to it as well. Um, I'm kind of interested, um, you know, uh, with uh, Mary's experience being out of state, uh, did, she, did you hear about Dragon Con for a while before you actually first attended? Um, actually, I heard about it pretty quickly once I got into the convention scene. Like, I went to one convention a year for, like, I don't know, a good five years and didn't really, like, I don't know, that was just sort of how I operated. I didn't realize that, like, people went to more than one convention a year. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how some people live their lives. Like, I had no idea. But, um, I guess it was, like, the third year I'd been to GMX here in Nashville. It was 2010, and GMX happens right after Dragon Con. And 
like everyone that we met was talking about this con called Dragon Con, and they were like, "Did you go to Dragon Con? Were you there?" And I was always like, "I don't know what the fuck that is." No, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. No, I have not been. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh well, it's really big and awesome. You should totally go next year." And I was like, "Whatever, like, whatever, weirdos. Like, I don't know." So no, I heard about it pretty quickly, and it sounded amazing. And then I went, ended up going the next year. But most everyone like in Nashville already knew about it. But that was like 2010, so that wasn't that long ago. So your so your first one was 2010. 2011. I heard 2011. about it right after the 2010 show, and then the next year I went. Yeah, because it really distinguished itself being the convention, not only in Atlanta, not only in Georgia, but in the entire Southeast. Yeah, kind of like when when I was going to GMX, everyone there was like, wow, I'm just like here to kind of recover some of the high from Dragon Con. Like, it was so amazing. I just want to like try to relive it a little bit here. And there was a relatively new con at the time. I think it was only in its like second or third year at that point. So really everyone here was just trying to relive their experience at Dragon Con. <laughs> I think a lot of smaller cons have taken the blueprint of Dragon Con and kind of used it, you know, kind of applied it on a much smaller scale. Well, you also now hear how a lot of cons are actually doing parades now because of Dragon Con. Yeah, I mean, once you go to Dragon Con, like, you want to keep doing that. So you find out about, like, you know, other ways to experience that excitement. And even on a smaller level, like, it's still exciting. And so and you, kind of, want, you, know, you want to bring that to your hometown and spread it to other people. And it kind of makes sense from a business perspective, not that it has to all be about that, but, I mean, if you're putting on a show, we all know how much money is involved and how much work is involved. And, and, you know, prior to Dragon Con, at least as, to my experience, cons were so singular and specialized. You know, you had Vulcan, which was Star Trek, or you had, uh, you know, a, a Babylon 5 convention, or you had... You know, whatever else, a Star Wars convention uh, or a comic convention, but they they didn't really mix much. And I think um, the popularity of Dragon Con proved that hey, you know, the more the more you include, the more uh, people that you're going to get because you know not everybody likes that one thing, but enough people you know will come and and get that. You're sure you're going to get people that like both, but you'll get people that like you know set them separately together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, very cool. Uh, Nikki, when, when was your first time at Dragon Con? Um, I think it was 2005, 2004. Okay. And do you remember, you know, did you, did you hear about it first? Was it something that built up in your head or did you just go with not knowing what to expect? It was just not, not even something that you knew about beforehand. Yeah. I didn't know about it prior to moving to Atlanta. Um, and I moved to Atlanta in uh, mid-2001 and didn't really hear about it until 2003. And I kind of wanted to go, wanted to go, but finances didn't really allow me to. So I was able to go, like I said, either 2004 or 2005. Uh, and I actually started hearing about it from my friends at uh, theonering.net with the, the Tolkien group. Uh, so they had talked about how much fun it was and, you know, all the stuff that was going on with the Lord of the Rings at the time. That is what drew me in. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've not been going nearly as long as some of you guys, but I got there as soon as I could. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and, and 
you know, with the attendance now, at least reportedly, being just over 70,000 people, uh, obviously... Reported. Reported. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, we know that, you know, it, it can be more than that. Uh, and, and that's just attendance. I don't know if that includes the people who are actually working there, not to mention the hotel staff, et cetera, et cetera, the people that are just downtown. It's just a huge number of people. But um, the point is that uh, it's been growing, and I think we've definitely reached a point where more people that are that are attending Dragon Con are there that are not local. Do you think that's safe to say that 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 yes, there's a lot of uh, people from the Atlanta area that go, but it's probably a smaller percentage than people who are coming from out of town. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably accurate because I I feel like people that have been living in Atlanta for a while, um, not that they're saying, oh, Dragon Con's not something I want to go to anymore, but because of the fact that it has gotten as big as it has, I feel like maybe some of the locals have pulled back a little bit and they have kind of said, well, you know, I remember when it was smaller and I could get around a little bit easier. Um, and so that coupled with the big explosion of the superhero movies and the TV shows and all, all things geek being more accessible to everybody that that has drawn in a much larger audience from outside of Atlanta. And I think it's safe to say that it's a vacation destination for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. People start arriving like Sunday and Monday. I, I have a friend that comes in from New Jersey that gets here on Monday and she's, she stays Monday to Tuesday. So it's definitely a vacation for her. Yeah. And I know that I've talked to uh, quite a number of people on the, on the, the convention floor that are from Europe or England and they use Dragon Con as their quote unquote reason to come over to the States. So, so they'll come over and they'll like fly in Orlando, hit Disney, maybe drive up or whatever, and then hit Dragon Con and then go home. Well, I know our friend Robert McIntyre is planning on possibly coming from England for 2017. That would be awesome. Yes. I had a friend last year from Australia come over hit Dragon Con and then went down to uh, Disney World and went back and he's coming again this year. Now, do you know if he did that just because worldwide he'd heard so much about Dragon Con he had to come and visit Uh, and experience it? I think he'd seen a bunch of posts about Dragon Con, mine included, and went, I've got to go do this. He had been to San Diego prior. Um, So he's done these types of trips before. Where I, I guess in Australia, and I don't know, there may not be something like Dragon Con with at least access to more American based you know media guests and things so kind of the place to be absolutely absolutely and again it's just huge how how big uh, it's amazing to me how big it's become in 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 three decades i mean in some ways that seems like a long time but you know and when i think about heck you know my first one it seems like it was a long time ago and how much it's changed, but it still feels to me like the same show. Yes, there's more people there, but it, it to me, the experience just keeps getting better and better. Oh, does very it feel much like so. The, does it feel like the same show to you guys that when you started? No, not at all. No. Uh, no. Okay, so I'm alone in that. Yeah, it is, it's, <laughs> it's more crowded. It's more vast. There's more things to see. There's more topics. And it, there's more of everything than when, because I've been going since 2004, 2005. 
and it's been a lot different from then because the year I started was the year they expanded out to the Weston and the Sheraton where the, and so they expanded out there. And so it just literally was like a, I hate to say it like a virus, you know, it's, it's the con has become more efficient in a lot of ways with registration. Like we've said, it's gotten a little bit better. Like last year, I didn't feel like it, the habit trails were half as crowded as they had been in previous years. But I think they were handling it better, and security has gotten a lot more strict there too. About especially at night than it used to be, because because oh, yeah. pe- they used to have people from the city and you know just people coming in, coming into the hotels, and a lot they were harassing or you know bugging the people at the cons and such. Plus, you know, we live in this post nine eleven world, so any any big event that attracts so many thousands of people is going to have, um, you know, security is going to be an issue. Yep. Well, I will say this coming year is the first year uh, in out of the last eight that I will not be staying at the Marriott because of the crowds at the Marriott and the. Uh, the incident <laughs> that happened outside my, my hotel room at 3 a.m. with a guy threatening to throw another guy off the balcony of the 35th floor. Wow. Uh, Whoa. So for me, it has changed drastically to the point where I used to fight for a room at the Marriott. And now I'm like, nope, I'll stay at the Ritz. Thank you very much. Yay. <laughs> we're staying at the same hotel, Nikki. Yes, yeah, and Actually, the price is the same. The price is the same. The only thing we don't get is Dragon Con TV. Yep. And, and I really don't, you know, I'm I'm not sitting in the room unless God forbid I'm sick. You don't uh, so want I'm not that repeat again. Watching it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's interesting cuz we we gave up on the Marriott the year before last and we stayed at the Ritz last year and it was awesome. They did a great job. And I didn't have to wait for an elevator more than two minutes at that hotel. Ah, uh, there's a fantasy for you. I know. <laughs> right. Yeah, wishful thinking. I'm in the new Hotel Indigo across the street, so I'll let y'all know how that goes. Awesome. So, oh, very cool. Yes, because uh, they do have a new uh, – it's not a host hotel, but there is a new a new kid on the block, so to speak. Yep, and when the word got out that those rooms were available, I, I snagged mine up because I, I'm tired of dealing with Hotel Hunger Games. And lo and behold, 30 minutes later, sold out. Sold yeah, it out. was like, what was it, two years ago, the Aloft, the new Aloft Theater? Mm-hmm. Uh, theater. Uh, hotel. Theater. Um, uh, hotel and theater. Um, uh, in, I remember those went, those rooms went so fast. I mean, you don't have to really do that anymore with most of the host hotels. Like, most of them will accept a new reservation for next year when you check out. So, no, Hotel no, Hunger no, Games no, isn't not, really a thing. For the, Mary, the Marriott did not last year, Mary. Yeah, I think the Marriott's the only holdout, though. I think the rest of them I think them it's the only of... one that doesn't because the Hyatt does it now, and I know that the Sheraton and the Westin do. Yeah. Yeah, but the I, problem I, is you've got to get a reservation in the first place now, and that's problematic. So. Well, yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of you guys have had some in previous years, so you oh, don't, yeah. you know, if you had one last year, you don't have to deal with it anymore unless you want to be in the Marriott. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I, look, I mean, there's that I'm not saying that it's not it hasn't grown and it's the exact same show that way. But I mean, it still has it's it's bigger. And with all the problems that that entails, uh, 
but you know it still has that fan run feel to it it still has it doesn't feel like it's quote unquote corporate although there's been some changes that have made it more efficient as mike said um but i still feel like you know like each of the programming the tracks are just as interesting as they ever have been um the uh the celebrity list uh, the the walk of fame i mean it has to move around because it, it it gets bigger as bigger as well um and yes it's a little bit more difficult to go to certain events because you have to compete with a lot of people so like if you do want to go to the uh the puppet show the puppet slam or the burlesque show or any of the other more popular events well that you need to take a day to prepare and get in line for those mm-hmm I only plan to do one thing a day now that I have to do. Everything else is seal the pants. So, wow, I I I, I kind of admire that freedom. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's kind of the way you've you've had to do it. I went to a panel last year during the parade, and it was standing room only during the parade when everyone's I outside I watching the parade. I'll I'll decide to go to like one, maybe two panels and otherwise whatever happens happens because yeah. because you can't you can't plan like if you plan you're just going to be mad when it doesn't work out yep <laughs> i agree like I agree. Set, set yourself up to have a good time don't set yourself up to have a bunch of disappointment and not met expectations agreed yeah well that's definitely one of the things that we plan there's so much to do yes you might not get into the first thing that you wanted uh but there's so many alternatives that uh, you'll be fine. It's going to be interesting because I know quite a few people who are going to be coming this next year for the first time. So, yeah. you know, a couple, even a couple of our podcasters on yes. the network. Yes, so it's going to be very interesting to see what their reactions are to the events and everything. Uh, and, 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 and likewise, I know some people that have said, well, you know what, I think I'm going to skip this year. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, that's give and take, you know, you hope, you know, you hopefully that uh, some people kind of bow out because otherwise it would just be twice as big. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a break once in a while. I mean, if you've got to do that to reset your batteries and, and refresh it for you, then you should totally sit out a year. And if you really miss it, come back. That's yeah. a good way to put it actually. There. <laughs> Let it go. And if Let you come go. back to it, <laughs> then, then you really want it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I know what music drop I'm putting in there. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. And and yeah, I mean, I I can't. I have always sort of scheduled my entire year around the event because I like it so much. I it would be difficult for me to imagine not going. Uh, in, in a year. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. There's been other things that have happened uh, to me over the course of my lifetime where I couldn't imagine being without them and, and, I, and I survived despite the fact. Uh, so I'm guessing that uh, at some point, but certainly not this year. Uh, this year I am definitely all in for Dragon Con, as I assume all of you are as well. Yep. Oh, of course. It's been a hundred bucks so far, so yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Well, um, I think we need to take a quick break and learn about the parade when we come back with Eternal Zan. 
Hi, this is Siri. I would never, never ever listen to the Earth Station One podcast. Who the heck says howdy anyway? Why don't you listen to Chris Hardwick instead? I can get you his information. The Nerdist is everywhere anyway, haha. That was a joke. The Earth Station One podcast. It's time to let your inner geek out to play. You can find them at www.earthstation1.com or up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace, and we're done. Welcome back, folks. And uh, we definitely one of the mainstays, of course, of Dragon Con. It's one, actually, I think it's mainly the, the centerpiece, really, of the event of the weekend is the Dragon Con Parade. Um, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Um, of course, um, uh, registration for the parade this year opens up February 15th. And uh, you'll want to jump right on that because uh, the registration has been going, has been has been filling up every year. So uh, we've got with us, uh, making her 2016 ESO debut, Eternal Zan is back with us. Hello. Well, howdy. And, and, Welcome to 2016. Welcome for your third season with us. Oh yes. my goodness, time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, I, I, you have actually participated in the parade, which so you you uh, you have that over me. I've barely even watched it, uh, to be honest with you. It's just one of the events that I love and I always hear about, but I've never actually been able to participate and take part in. So, tell us all about the parade. Uh, yeah, well, I know the parade from many different perspectives. I started off watching it. Uh, I've been a Dragon Con attendee since 2003, and I go by Eternal Zan because I've been an Eternal member since 2005. So I've been a parade watcher and a parade marcher, and last year for the first time, I led one of the parade groups. So I learned a lot in that process. Now, back in the day, I didn't know any better, and I literally just walked up to the parade wearing an outfit and found the other people dressed like me and just marched with them, which you can't do anymore because you have to register for the parade and they only have limited slots and they fill up now. Yeah, Um, it's gotten it's gotten too big for just the average person to come walking on in now. It's just it's it's such a big event now. Yeah, and that's why we're talking about it so early in the year. The Dragon Con Parade takes place Saturday morning of Dragon Con, and it starts promptly at 10 a.m. and goes for about an hour and a half. The parade route is about a mile, so if you're walking to get to the staging area and then walking the parade, that's about two miles of walking. But there are buses you can take to get to the staging area if you are marching in the parade. People start lining the streets about two or three hours early to get the best viewing spots. It's a free event, so it's open to the public and tens of thousands of just people who live in Atlanta who don't even go to Dragon Con line the streets to see it. So for a lot of people, it's their first exposure to Dragon Con at all. If you're in a host hotel, so that would be the Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton, Sheraton, or Weston, you can see it live on DCTV, and that's Dragon Con's channel that they, it's their live channel on the hotel televisions that you can see, but only if you're staying in one of those main hotels. You can see previous parades on DCTV's YouTube channel. So you just Google Dragon Con Parade Official in YouTube and it comes up. And yeah, and Dragon Con TV has uh, a couple of hosts, kind of like Dragon Con's version of Willard Scott and uh, and whoever uh, to that, that that cover the uh, Macy's Parade um, to just sort of do commentary and 
and have fun and, and, and give information during the, those, those broadcasts as well. Yeah. And what I learned last year is you sit there thinking, how can they possibly know what all these costumes are? I mean, every time I go to Dragon Con, I see (laughs) things and I don't know what they are. Well, it turns out I learned as a parade group last group leader last year that if you're a parade group leader, you get to submit something to DCTV. So you can give them a little blurb and that way they know, oh, that's what that group is, even if they've never seen that TV show. I think there's about 3,000 people who march in the parade. I remember hearing that somewhere, but don't hold me to that. Do you know but, how long the parade's been going on for? Uh, you know, I don't. I think it started shortly before, maybe around the year 2000. I've heard yeah. stories I've, of how I've it been, originated. I've been going, th- you know, it's funny because I've been going since 94. And I, I don't remember there not being a parade. So, but of course it was less so of an event. I mean, it was still a big deal, but I mean, now it's become a huge, even nationwide, worldwide event. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that old. Now, the story I heard was that some stormtroopers just started walking down the street, that it wasn't even a formal thing in its first year. And then they were like, hey, let's organize this. And that could be true. That could be true. I mean, it might've just started off as an improv thing, but. Um, because I do remember, you know, when the 501st uh, back in the early days would would go around and 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 you know, just march uh, to different through the different hotels, everybody would stop and it would be a, a big thing. So um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if it kind of came from that. But you know, going from that to you know closing down streets and getting the city to agree to that and everything like that—that's a big commitment on the city's part. So I think even back in the early days, that's a that's a pretty good statement of how important Dragon Con was to the city of Atlanta that they would be willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So maybe we'll have a guest later on who knows the actual facts behind all that. By the time I started going to Dragon Con in 2003, the parade seemed pretty well established already to me. Yeah. So, so, so I, was, I wasn't there in, in the beginning. I came to Dragon Con the first year I heard of it, and I live out of state, so... I, in 1994, I'd never, I didn't even know Dragon Con existed. Yeah, it's it. it well, like I said, now it's uh, something that people see on YouTube, and it's become a, a big event. Uh, like I said, nationwide and even world, even worldwide, because it's one of the few of its kind. Um, so right, yeah. And, so, but now it's very organized. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the organization works. Hey guys, for- hold on for a second. Uh, breaking news: This is going to be the 15th annual anniversary of the parade. This wow. Year. Okay. Oh, Good okay. Good call, man. 15th anniversary. Yes. Yeah, so it's ha- half as old as Dragon Con. Exactly. Okay. Go back as you were. Yeah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, so for, it, thanks for that tidbit, Faber. Yeah. So it hadn't been around very long when I started in 2003. It was pretty new then. Um. So, yeah. So the reason we're talking about the parade so early is because parade registration opens on February 15th this year, which is a Monday. So depending on when this podcast is released, you don't have very long to figure out if you want to be a parade marcher or a parade watcher. Last year, the registrations opened on February 16th and closed on April 13th. So that's less than a month. And it seems every year the slots fill up a little faster and faster. Now, you don't have to have decided what costume you want to wear or what group you want to join exactly yet. If if you don't know what group you want to join, 
then you can just contact the parade and say, hey, I have such and such a costume, and they'll put you in with the appropriate group. But if you change your mind about the costume, if you don't get it finished and you want to do another one, you can switch sections. So just for clarification, even though the calendar says that parade registration closes on August 1st, it also specifically says that it will close before August 1st if all slots are filled. And slots have been filling up very quickly over the last couple of years. So, um, And you can uh, – you don't have to have a group of people to apply. You can't – even if you're just one individual, you can apply – Yes, that's correct. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about the official parade resources, because that's really where you will get your questions answered. They do have a Yahoo group, and you can just search for it's DC underscore parade, and we'll have all these links in the show notes, but you can just search for the Yahoo group Dragon Con Parade, and it will pop up. And it has a files section, so you can see documents from previous years. Now, of course, things can change and do change from year to year, but looking at the previous years can give you an idea of what to expect for this year in, ter- in terms of rules and regulations. A big thing that isn't in the guidelines that I think is important is keep in mind, if you're going to march in the parade, you are marching possibly up to two miles, and then you'll have to walk around the rest of the day to attend Dragon Con. So the costume you want to wear for the parade is not necessarily what you might wear for a costume contest, because you're going to be marching in the possibly hot or maybe wet sidewalk, depending on the weather. Yeah, absolutely. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about parade costume. It is an outdoor outfit that you will be wearing for at least two hours, probably. So Two other, two other questions I have for you, Zan. Um, when you apply, A, do you need to be a member of uh do you need to already buy a membership for the day or the weekend or do you need to uh, or is there an additional fee no there's no additional free fee um that's a very good question it's totally free to be in the parade but you do have to have a dragon con membership for the day of the parade which is saturday okay so if all you have is the saturday only pass you're good to go. Or if you have a four day pass, or if you're only going Friday or Saturday, as long as Saturday is in there somewhere, what you need to be in the parade is you need to be registered and you'll be assigned to a group if there's not already a group that you have in mind. So for example, if you're going to wear a Star Trek uniform, there's a group for that. If you want to be Harry Potter, there's a group for that, you know, and so on down the line, there's over maybe 40 groups, I think, at least in the parade. So yeah, it, it is free for you to attend. But you also, in addition to being a Dragon Con member for that Saturday and having a badge for that, is you'll need a wristband. And that's how security tells, hey, I'm a parade marcher. And that's what you get through being organized with a group. Once you're put in with a group, your group leader will tell you everything you need to know and be your point of contact. Awesome. Does it, from your experience with... Uh... With the working with the parades and the volunteers and the staff, a pretty well run. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. So awesome. they they also do have a Facebook group and and that tends to be more active than the Yahoo group. So we'll have the link for that too. But the but the parade group link for that is just facebook.com slash groups slash dragon con parade all one word and i'll give you an email address too if you have specific questions for jan price who is the head of the parade her email address is dc 
underscore parade at dragoncon.org. And you can also use the contact us form on the dragoncon.org website. There's a little drop down list where you can say what section because DragonCon is a big organization and they have a lot of departments on that contact us form but fortunately parade is only about the 10th choice down that drop down list right um one thing i want to ask you because i know we're going to uh, wrap up the segment pretty soon but i want to make i want to ask you personally what is what is the appeal for you personally in the parade what is just like something special that you get out of out of doing the parade every year I just don't think there's anything else like it. I mean, people, if you're going to be in the parade, you need to get up around seven, eight o'clock in the morning so that you can do your outfit and walk out there and meet your team and be ready to go. And so it it really is for early risers. If you're going to be part of it or going to watch it, even if you want a good spot, you need to line up early on the street and, and find your space. So I think the fact that Dragon Con people are willing to get up early in the morning for something that's this popular <laughs> really says a lot about it because Dragon Con people, there's a lot of night people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So this year, I, I told you before we started recording that it had a little surprise reveal. Yes. And that is, I don't know if you've talked about the famous Marriott carpet lately. But we, that has, a, we've been, we mentioned that. Yep. Yeah. So there's a parade group for that this year. And that's part of what I really <laughs> love about Dragon Con is that Dragon Con people will be like, you know what we should do? We should have a parade group about the Marriott carpet. And I was not the first person to think of it. But after about the third or fourth time, I saw somebody online go, you know, someone should do that. I raised my hand. So I'm the parade group leader for the Cult of Marriott Carpet Parade Group this year. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So all Marriott-themed outfits are welcome. You don't have to have the carpet or the carpet pattern in your outfit. So that leaves you free to dress as anything Marriott-related. Like if you want to dress like a sailboat and be the pulse bar or dress as an elevator or whatever Marriott-related or another carpet pattern. You know, maybe the new skid marks carpet pattern, which looks like a brown 70s barcode that people are making fun of now that replaced the old carpet that they tore out and that's now being sold all over eBay. Yep. Um, Yeah, so we have that. And when you join the parade group uh, in face group, if you join the (laughs) Facebook group for the parade and scroll back, you'll see a bunch of posts of people saying, hey, I've got spaces in this group, I've got spaces in that group, or even people joining and saying, hey, I've got a costume, I don't know what group I would be in, can you assign me a group? So you pay pay attention to the groups pretty well. I'm guessing, I'm just laying this out there, I'm just thinking out loud, but I I would not be surprised if there was a a David Bowie-esque group uh, this year. Oh no, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me at all. No, yeah, and if people yeah. don't know the whole story behind the Marriott carpet, that's another whole big thing. We don't. Oh yeah, have time we'll cover to get that, into that now. But yeah. it's the short version is Dragon Con people love the Marriott carpet, and it oh. got torn out this year, and people are selling pieces of old Marriott carpet on eBay, and people are buying them and turning them into art and hanging them on their walls because it reminds them of Dragon Con, which I just think is like the craziest, most amazing fan thing I've ever heard of. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that now it will be celebrated in the parade is is very awesome too. So Yeah, and, and 
we might have a car covered in the carpet pattern. Wow, that is so cool. I know, that just blows me away that somebody was like, you know what I should do is cover my car. The, the carpet mobile. I know, it's just like, people are so creative at Dragon Con, and that's really what I love. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's so good to have you back joining us this year. We look forward to hearing all your reports and, and you know, next month as well. Um, so thanks again. Thank you very much. And now joining us this year, we have someone new joining the ESO Dragon Con con crew, and that is the lovely and talented Dacoma Sanchez. Welcome. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Now, uh, for those people who may not be familiar with you and uh, your work, um, tell us a little bit about sort of yourself and then sort of your um, love for Dragon Con. Uh, well, uh, I've always been a huge nerd. Um, I remember growing up watching Star Trek and different animes before anime was a thing and played video games since I could hold a controller. Uh so when it came to discovering my first con, actually Dragon Con was my first con. Absolutely um, awesome. How, when yeah. was that? Uh, it was actually not that long ago. I've only been going to Dragon Con for, I think, three or four years now. Uh, oh, okay. But I, I dive into everything headfirst. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so what is it about Dragon Con that obviously if that was your first con, that's amazing because that's just like, you know, starting off was... with the, the big one. Yeah, it was um, it was really overwhelming and completely awe-inspiring at the same time. Since then, I've done a lot of other conventions as well, um, but that was my first convention convention, and it was just breathtaking. The amount of people, the things that you could do, it was just nonstop, the energy. And from all of the other conventions that I've done, Dragon Con is really a completely different con than what you see when you go to other conventions along the East Coast and the Southeast. I haven't been to any West Coast conventions yet, but I'm hoping to. I feel I, I, I share that feeling. And, and a lot of it, it's not to diss any other conventions because no, uh, no. a lot of them are really good at what they do. But Dragon Con does something specific and, 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 and very unique. I think it may be because it, as far as I know, it was started as a fan-based convention. Uh, from the history of Dragon Con from eons ago, uh, that it was really a fan-based convention that was all-encompassing, and there hadn't been anything like that, as far as I know, to that extent around that time. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew, and it's become the the lovely monstrosity it is today. So three years ago was your mm-hmm. first. Um, what was it about that first convention that first Dragon Con experience, what did you experience that made you say, hey, I, I need to do this. I need to do this again. I am a huge people watcher. And oh. there are there are so many people and so many neat things. And you just see the just love and energy that just pour out of everyone when they're there. Whether they've, uh, I mean, and I know that I'll be doing this segment on cosplay, but cosplay is a big thing for me. I And that was my first dive in experience of seeing so many people who have just poured so much time and energy and effort into their costumes. And it didn't matter if they looked like the people that they were supposed to or not, whether their skin was a different color or not, they really built them themselves. And it's just, it's a wonderful atmosphere. Um, Did you experience or did you participate in cosplay your first time? Uh, Let me, let me see. I think I went cosplay light that year because I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really done anything up until that point, 
Um, as far as cosplay goes, I had done a couple of things that I'm too embarrassed to talk about as far as cosplay goes, but we all have to start somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, everybody has a Dragon Con story that they're too embarrassed to talk about. So. <laughs> if they remember them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I remember I was a, I had, I bought, it was my husband, myself, and my youngest sister, who was, I think she was 16 at the time, and I got all of us sweatshirt hoodies that were, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I've lost it now, uh, from Venture Brothers. Okay. The, the Monarch. Gotcha. His... Um, I can't remember them now, and I'm totally going to get chastised for this. This is not a good way to start this. <laughs> oh, that's but I okay. Got, I, I got I, all. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just about to say that's okay. I, I don't. I, I am embarrassed to say that I don't know my Venture Brothers. So. <laughs> I love the Venture Brothers, and for some reason, I'm drawing a blank, and that's horrible. But I got all three of us those uh, sweatshirt hoodies, and we all wandered around in those one day, um, and that was kind of the extent of my cosplay that year. Uh, I went really light. And then, so you jumped right in the following year? I did. Um, uh, as people are going to learn, I do burlesque as well. And one of my favorite things to do about burlesque and about cosplay is I love to do cosplay-themed burlesque numbers because it just brings a whole new element to both creating the costume and creating the routine. You have to sit down and engineer what your costume is going to look like and how it's going to function because everything has to be able to be removed and be reset multiple times and take a beating. And that's not something that you always necessarily get with cosplay. So the following year I, uh, I created my poison Ivy number, which uh, has had some play on the internet, not a whole lot, but it's had some play on the internet. Um, and that was, uh, that was a feat. Oh, and I take that back. The year before that, I actually did a group cosplay with uh, Persephone Phoenix, Rula Roulette, Lola Le Soleil, and myself as the Rat Queens. And we actually got to meet the original artist of the Rat Queens. We bombarded his table at like 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, which is not a good idea, but we fangirled <laughs> out. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I do remember last yeah, not last year, but the year before, uh, I remember uh, seeing you in uh, Artist Alley with um, – I, I don't know what your cosplay was. Um, I'm, but, I'm trying to remember. But uh, it was sort of uh, – you had that sort of uh, 50s look. 50s, 60s look? <laughs> that was not um, that was not cosplay. That is no. my everyday attire. <laughs> At, uh, well, because I have a picture of you with your uh, – With my husband, your husband, yes. And he's all decked out. Mm -hmm. in yeah. this sort of uh, renaissance swashbuckler kind of gear, right? Yeah, yeah, that's his Renfest gear. He got to meet Carrie Yules that year, so. Ah, so, yeah. so, so yes, it was quite the uh, distinctive combination there. And, I, <laughs> I, and that's the thing. You just don't know at Dragon Con whether it is a reference to something or whether somebody's doing their own thing. You really don't. I actually had several people come up to me that uh, that year because I always wear at least one casual day while I'm there. And I've had several people come up to me anytime I've had my casual gear on and ask me if I was in costume and who I was supposed to be. <laughs> well, that means you're doing casual wear right. <laughs> so I think. So very cool. Well, um, so last year, how many cos costumes did you do last year? Uh, I worked a lot last year, so I didn't get to do as many costumes. Okay. Um, 
I did, I think I just did two because we don't usually stay at a hosting hotel. So I can't do as many costume changes as most people can. Um, so I did my poison Ivy costume on Saturday and then on Friday I did a steampunk Rapunzel with some 10 and a half foot long dread falls that I had made myself. And then, Oh, and Thursday, uh, I actually won best in horror for my silent hill nurse number or costume at the bunny and hutch party. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now let's fast forward to 2016. Now <laughs> I, I would imagine you are uh, do you, now, do you feel it necessary to bring back the ones that you've done before, or is it going to be a totally new year, totally new outfits? My pocketbook says that I should bring back the ones from last year, <laughs> but my imagination says, nay, I will have none of it. Uh, I, have a, I have a very ambitious list for this year, and I've got some, some schematics drawn up, but uh, I have not broken fabric on them yet. Gotcha. And, and you are definitely one of uh, the cosplayers that makes their own costumes? I do. I make as much of my own costumes as I can. Uh, my my skills are somewhat limited in some things, but uh, I do. I try to make as much as I can. Uh, do you belong to any sort of uh, the groups that are out there, or do you use them as resources? The, the any uh, specific uh, costume groups out there? Uh, I'm actually part of a few costume groups, but they're not actually cosplay related. Okay. Um, I'm actually part of a drag queen swap group on Facebook, which is actually really helpful when it comes to makeup tips and taking your costumes big and over the top. Some of those things that those ladies come up with, they will put us to shame. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm part of a burlesque costuming group, which also has some really good engineering tips for how to make things out of nothing. So that's the other thing about Dragon Con. I mean, uh, you know, I know that I, I, well, I've heard that, you know, some, there's some uh, elitism to some extent that goes on there as far as the, the cosplay goes. And, and that's unfortunately probably just a necessary evil that, that you deal with. It shows this large. But what I, what I appreciate is that, you know, everybody from uh, the, the people who do this for a living, you know, we've got a lot of costume designers that work locally here on TV shows and, and get involved with Dragon Con are really excited, as well as, um, you know, superstar athletes that, that get in costume and come down for Dragon Con to just your average Joe who just wants to, like, get out his old Halloween outfit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's all, and, and you know, of course, in my opinion, it's all good, right? Uh, and I agree. I mean, I, I don't see why there's any reason why you should go and rag on somebody for going out and having a good time and not hurting anybody else. Right, right. And, it, and yeah, it, it's just amazing to see the levels there. And uh, it'll be very interesting to to see your process this year as you sort of uh, make your make headway on, on a lot of, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes uh, on the, along the way as to what outfits will stay and what outfits will go. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, certainly we look forward to that. Now for those people who want to uh, follow you online or to see some of your past costumes, Dragon Con and, and other conventions, uh, as well as, you know, your uh, burlesque work, uh, where can they go and find you online? Uh, they can find me at, uh, they can follow me on Facebook by Dacoma Sanchez, or they can find my burlesque page, which is Lady Hell, H-E-L, half, H-A-T-H, or on Twitter or Instagram at at Lady Hellhath. 
and and before you get out of here, do you have like that comes to mind immediately? Any really great Dragon Con memory? Ah, uh, um, gosh, let me see. I, I'm still going to stick with with um, the one that I used for our 2015 segment when I got to meet Hodar. That was that was a big thing for me. I'm such a huge Game of Thrones fan, so that was that was taking the cake. Absolutely. For my few years. <laughs> Absolutely. And yes, people definitely should check out uh, your um, debut on Earth Station One uh, at, when we did our uh, 2015 in the Geek Seat earlier this year. Yes, please do. So, and great. It's going to be great to have you as part of the crew. Welcome. And we look forward to talking to you next month. I do too. Thanks, guys. The Monster Sci Fi Show podcast delivers the latest sci fi news plus movie and TV reviews with brilliant and insightful commentary. If you haven't listened to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast before, you will listen to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast now. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? Watto, I'm telling everyone to listen to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. No, they won't. Yes, they will, including you. No, they won't. I'm a Titanian. My tricks gonna work on me. Only money. Okay, I don't have money, but please listen to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. Sci-Fi, from a certain point of view. And so we draw a close and a, our first episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 special report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode and for the coming year. I definitely look forward to hearing us uh, talk about all the cool things that are coming up on Dragon Con uh, related to Dragon Con. Uh, definitely some news, uh, any notes and some tips for you guys, um, whether you are new to the convention or you've been coming to a long, for a long time to Dragon Con. Uh, we hope that uh, we have some programming that will interest you. Um, we uh, want to thank a lot of different resources online um, that you can use to keep tabs of Dragon Con. Just the official site alone is usually pretty good. Like I said, they've been a little bit uh, I think they're going to have some sort of I got a feeling that they're going to relaunch the site a little bit for the 30th anniversary because it seems odd that they haven't updated it as much this year already. So, so be prepared for that. Um, and so, but there's also some other uh, great resources out there, and uh, um, I'd like to hear you guys uh, what you guys use as resources throughout the year to keep tabs on on things Dragon Con. Well, we'll start with you, Mary. Um, well, definitely the Dragon Con parties. Uh, it's a Facebook group and a website. Um, if you're into parties, that's going to be like a good resource for the dates and times of all that stuff. Um, then honestly, just like, I don't even look at stuff until the schedule comes out. Like, I'm not going to lie. Once the schedule comes out, that's when I kind of figure out everything. But, um, you know, if you want to do a little bit of stuff in advance, like, um, the tip list that Darren and I did last year, I think is really great, especially for new people. So I think that's just like an older podcast. I don't remember the date exactly, but it was only, you know, maybe the last one we did last year. So I think that's a great resource. And then, um, I don't know. That's pretty much all I've got. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, we thank you for joining us today and I uh, look forward to speaking with you throughout the year. For sure. Me too. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. Uh, Nikki, what about you? What are some resources that you use uh, to keep up with Dragon Con throughout the year? 
Uh, I actually spend a lot of time on Facebook looking at the different individual track. Uh, being a photographer is the DragonCon group photo shoots. Uh, so it, it'll list all the different uh, photo shoots and we've got a really nice way to keep track of the groups that are listed, uh, Excel spreadsheets, so we don't have people overlapping. Um, so that's a fantastic resource if you're either a cosplayer, a photographer, or you just want to go and see a group of really neat costumes all in one spot. So this DragonCon group photo shoots page is the one I frequent the most. Are those are those buzzing even this early in the game? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Trying to get together. I mean, is it is it tough to get a spot in for if you're a group? Uh, no, it's not, you know, because everybody's really good about organizing and saying, okay, uh, you know, these are the bigger groups and these guys will usually want to be at the Hilton Steps or Hardy Ivy Park. Um, you know, those are the two big places where, where people will, will do shoots. Um, so there's, there's not a lot of issue with organizing. And then there's also a lot of other little areas where people can get together to do shoots. Uh, but if you do want to organize something, definitely start planning now because they are already starting to say, Hey, I'm bringing my, uh, black widow costume. Am I going to see other Avengers there? Uh, you know, so people are already planning shoots now. Wow. Yeah, I would imagine. And I don't know, I've just got in my head that, uh, that, uh, there's a very strong possibility that we're going to see maybe, uh, a, a David Bowie related group. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, already in talks about doing uh, a memorial group similar to the one that we did last year with the Robin Williams uh, group with the uh, everybody had the suspenders. Um, so yeah, there's already uh, a group in the works for that. Awesome. I, I, I just could think that visually I'm thinking all the incarnations of David Bowie in, in, in one place. Right. Yeah. It's, it could be pretty spectacular. That's really awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us as well this year. Thank you for having me back. And Darren, thank you so much. Uh, despite, uh, you know, your illness, I'm glad to have you with us, man. <laughs> I'm going to drink a lot of pie and go to bed. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. That's just what the doctor ordered, right? <laughs> it's what somebody ordered. I don't know about you. What uh, what resources do you use throughout the year? Well, you know what? Uh, everyone's mentioned all the all the great ones, but I've got two. If, if you're costuming, um, it's never too late to start um, the Superhero Costuming Forum. It's a great place to to join in, and if I guarantee you, if you have a costume, someone has tried to put it together and has probably succeeded to some point or another. It's great to go on there, look up. Hey, I'm having problems constructing this. Someone probably has a tutorial up there, and failing that, YouTube people. YouTube is a great source for getting your costumes together, learning how to make props, learning how to make capes, costume pieces finding out what to wear, how to wear it, and realizing that, like I did last year, you do need to have your costumes done before Saturday of the con. <laughs> you, need to, you need to wear them out. You need to practice with them. You need to make sure if they're going to break and overheat you, you know about that before you are walking on a floor of 70,000 people because I was stupid last year. Um, go ahead and start now because, you know, as we've said time and time again on the show – it's only going to get closer. <laughs> so, 
If there you're you not go. Like a superhero, the replica prop forum is great too. Yeah. It's the RPF. So if it's not like a superhero specific one, so it wouldn't be on the superhero forum, um, that's a great one too. And I'm sure there are others out there for like, you know, steampunkers and all all those other genres, you know. Yeah, but like between those two, I yeah. think they've pretty much got everything covered. Sweet. So there you go. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much again. It's great to have you with us this year. It's great to be back. Love to have my crew around me. Yay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Someone hold my Kleenex. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's what I thought. Don't go there. Just don't go there. Just so glad we're on Skype now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mike, thank you so much. Uh, what's uh, some of the resources that you use? Well, of course, I use past episodes of the ESO Dragon Con Report. You know, we try not to repeat ourselves. No, never, uh, so, actually. So I do think uh, some of those past episodes that we have done where we talked to specific track directors and we've talked about specific topics uh, are still relevant, very much relevant. So I definitely encourage people to check out our past episodes. Oh, very much so. And also, you know, for newbies, you know, we didn't have them on this episode, but Kevin has a great newbies group for dragon con and they answer all your questions and they you know they will help you as much as they can to try to get you set and ready for dragon con yeah and even though it's a newbies group if you are an experienced dragon con uh person and still have questions you know they're just as valid uh and you can ask them in that forum as well they they promise they will not laugh at you. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to have Kevin join us again this year. Again, uh, I think once again, I think he's still buried in snow. Uh, so uh, that is a big problem up north. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I moved down here. Um, so uh, so we'll hope to have Kevin join us as well as next month. We are going to be joined by Michelle Biddick Simmons, who did a great job with us last year, um, giving us tips the Drop by Dragon Con Facebook group and the Drop by Dragon Con website are ones that you should definitely go to. Um, you know, as Zan mentioned earlier, the parade alone, if you're participating in that, is uh, at least two miles to to go there and to participate and, and to get all involved with that. And I think uh, we all know, no matter what you're doing at Dragon Con, you're going to be walking a lot, and it is a it is physically demanding. So um, whether you need to lose weight or not, it's it's pretty important that uh, you are getting some kind of shape to prepare for Dragon Con. And, you know, we don't want to lose anybody before Dragon Con. So uh, literally, literally, folks, you know, I used my Fitbit at Dragon Con for the first time last year, and I was averaging at least 15,000 steps a day. That sounds (laughs) way too depressing. No, (laughs) no. Sorry. I don't want to know. (laughs) <laughs> if you wear it during raves what does, what does your step count <laughs> that would be like, fun to find out like Mike goes to raves yeah can you see me at a rave no I don't think so uh, then the weekend is young sir <laughs> <laughs> exactly it would be like you know it would be like the music's too loud what are those people doing over there well, we try to keep up with uh, all we can with these specials. We've got a, a big plate. Uh, I've got a lot of things that we want to try to cover uh, this year. So we've got our work cut out for us. If there's some specific topic that you, the listener, would like us to cover, please feel free to reach out to us. We love hearing from our fans. Please uh, leave feedback. 
you can call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. You can email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, a great resource uh, for Dragon Con, as well as for Earth Station One, is the ESO Facebook group. Uh, we definitely encourage you to take part in that. When something exciting for Dragon Con happens and news comes out, we try to post it there as well. And uh, it's just a great bunch of people, and a lot of them uh, are Dragon Con attendees, and a lot of them uh, definitely are experienced in Dragon Con. So that's a, a fun group to be a part of as well. And definitely write us at that email address if you have any Dragon Con questions this year, because yes. we will get it to the appropriate people for them to answer it for you. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we can also be found on uh, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. Uh, again, we want uh, you all to be part of the station, part of our broadcast experience. So please feel free to join in in the discussion. And of course, please help support our podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing some very cool ESO merchandise uh, from our Zazzle store, as well as filling up your cart at the our Amazon e-store, including the ESO anthology, Tales of the Station, which made its debut at Dragon Con last year. And uh, we, we'd love to have you have a copy of it. So please feel free to purchase one at uh, our Amazon link. So that's all the plugging. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it's been my pleasure. We will see you at the con.
has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.